didn't see it. Well, Matt, the, the crackling was accompanied by your voice. Uh, okay, shit, then it might be... I thought, you, I thought it was just husky, I thought it was your, just your sex voice. Hello, and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's your host, Matt, and I'm joined with... By with by I don't know, uh, Alex. Alex, how are you? Um, I'm well. It's I think a it pleasure was to by. be here by you. Yeah, by. If you not with joined with is like human centipede shit. Yeah, no true. Um, yeah. Correcting me there is Ben. Hi Ben. And on time for was a that an, was that an intentional pun, Ben? Human centipede shit. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> Because uh, I actually haven't seen the movie. I've just, um, you know, I just have like a theoretical understanding of it. That it, yeah. people just linked by intestinal tracts. Uh, yeah, uh, that that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, yeah. there are three of them, Ben. Yeah, there are three what? People three, linked to human intestinal Three intestinal tracts. Three intestinal tracts, but there are also three movies. Oh, wow, I thought that kind of like make the point in the first movie but yeah no it's wild i think the third one is i think a different universe it's like it's same it's name only but like a different universe if i remember correctly it's like a prison warden who just decides he's going to link up all the prisoners in one go anyway anyway and that is um joining us for human excrement talk is also adam Adam's here on time, I think, or did he duck off again? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm here. Um, my child fell asleep. I had a schedule. Uh, but in terms of human excrement, I uh, I feel like human excrement, considering my, I'm properly in the league, guys. It's it's fucking. It's a terrible feeling. You know, you put your heart and soul in it, and you just realize you're shit. It's horrible. Yeah. Well, do, do, do you know what the thing is, Adam? Your your massive fall from grace, like like you were like literally top like point five percent of the world when when there was actually when the there world. was actually salary. Are you are you just piling on him, Ben? Like, no, I am. I'm just trying to make a few words. Ben, Ben, Ben. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm looking at I'm looking at the table, and I'm just looking at Adam's week by week score. How many times do you think he scored above the average on every week? Uh, it's got to be like the first two like weeks because the, the first two weeks he was like top three, wasn't he? Only the first week. Second week he was below uh, average already. Uh, okay. So Ben, when you yeah. started, I thought that's what you, you were going to point out the fact that like Adam started really well this year and then had a bit of a fall from grace. But you, you went so much deeper. You were like, remember that time you were best in the world at something, Adam? And now you're not even <laughs> yeah. the best out of 10 people? <laughs> should, 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 should we analyze, yeah, those, Adam, Adam, should we analyze Adam's trades and find out? And discuss where it went wrong. Um, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think we can sum it up by saying that he had uh, Michael Allardyce on his bench for like seven weeks and jumped yeah. on like Scott Gregory in week uh, as early as possible and just hung on to him as well. Yo, do you still have Scott Gregory, Adam? Yeah, but he's like my co-captain now. I don't think that's actually. I don't think that's actually been a bad move. Made. I think I think Scott Gregory was a good move. Because okay. Centers haven't been that good. And he's been a better move and, than Tay Walden, that's for sure. Well, he's probably averaged like for the like the last couple of games. He's probably not doing much worse than like Jack Goodhue, for example. Jesus, Goodhue did terribly. Yeah, he's been bad. Yeah, I'll, and he cost. I'll, he cost I'll a tell fraction. you where it went wrong. 
it went okay. wrong in uh, obviously me being a clever dick. After I did well in week one drafting, I'm like, oh, I'll do it again. But I ended up drafting like two or three guys who were terminally injured. And then from that point onwards, True made some bad trades. But ultimately, um, I drafted people who were never going to play. And then they just fell apart from then. The areas cast <clears throat> No. Yeah, drafting people who aren't no, going to play, they're not name the game. Draft- yeah, but also yeah. I think so. Drafting you haven't matched about teams. Anyway, I think drafting okay. three of your four trades on a Monday for several weeks also may have been a a bold strategy. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, today is definitely a day for trading on a Monday though, huh? Oh, definitely. I've done two. I think I think two is going to be about the average Same. today. Yeah, two. I wait, anyway, enough about my, 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 and they don't have any centers because they lost Berger Udendahl and uh, Johnny Kotzer. So yeah. I'm pretty sure Kotzer's fine. What's really good about having Mornay stay in as your only fly off? Like 36 year olds never get injured. Never. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so yeah. he's got a long career played at the Pumas, the Bulls, the Falcons, the Grecos, the Cheetahs, oh. and for Blitz. So it's. Oh, he played at for Blitz under Jake White. So Jake White obviously is just. A man of zero imagination was like, "Oh shit, I remember a center." That's <laughs> pretty much it. Like that's pretty much what happens. That, 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 I, I won't lie. That that's pretty much how I play fantasy rugby. Like <laughs> any player who's ever done well for me, regardless of the year, I'll put him back in my team week in week out until like he basically leaves the league. Ben, you're talking to ben, me and my pimpy, so I mean, it's a, Ben. It's a real shame you missed the twenty the 2013 retro draft. Yeah, because that would have been during, that would have been peak during game. lockdown. Yeah, like uh, you would have loved that. Yeah, I think I was prime around then as well. Like, yeah, that would have like, been yeah. Best bet. It was well, it wasn't quite Adam Thompson's year. Um, I think that was 2012. I've been so disappointed in the return of Adam Thompson. I wish he just stayed retired. Or you know, stayed. you know, Adam Thompson was was Dan Carter's um, high school rugby captain. Yeah, I saw that post. It was on Instagram yeah. or Twitter oh, yeah. or something. It's pretty Pepper. cool, huh? Yeah. Good facts. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, New Zealand is tiny, you know. Maybe it, it does also it kind of feel New, Zeal- New Zealand has like eight people in it. Yeah, well, that's um, uh, what's the prime minister's prime minister's name again now? Jacinda Ardern. Jacinda Ardern. Yeah, she. Ardron. 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 Well, Tyler Ardron's Canadian, so yeah. but so, they're related. Up the, the, well, Canadians are the New Zealanders of the Northern Hemisphere. So. Yeah, I watched the whatever Stephen Colbert's current show is he was interviewing her and he played a clip from a flight of the concords where they recorded a message and they're like hey jacinda can we pop over for dinner sometime when you back home so yeah i mean it sounds like new zealand has like four people yeah to just basically hit up your prime minister by first name oh i agree 
Dann ist jeder mhm. das Profi. Ja, and speaking But, of. Oh, they, okay, so they obviously have more than four, because they currently have no, well, five active rugby teams. Okay, they have more than four, because seven Highlanders got in trouble in Queenstown for going on the piss up again. Oh god, I'm so stressed that like some of them get suspended and I draw, I'm drafting Oaks tonight. <laughs> um, no, Highlanders have already confirmed um, that they're not facing. That. They're not facing. Well, isn't any... it? Isn't it uh, Marino Makele too? I don't know. Was he maybe? If he was one of them, and, it's fun. And, and Sharon Frizzell. And, and Sharon. Sharon. Not Sharon. No, not Sharon. No. Sharon, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. 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 Um, yeah, and Aaron Smith. I heard it was those three. And Ash Dixon and Aiden Johnston. Benny, are you looking at my trading <laughs> No, but that's the, those are the guys everyone has. And Sia Tompkinson. I, I traded for Smith and I didn't actually trade for any of the loose forwards yet. I'm going to do that on Friday, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, I tried it for Tui. Oh, is gonna go up in value tonight. I, I forget. I'm glad I hung up. Oh, yeah, but he's, he's gonna go back up in value because he was hard, then he dropped. Now he's gonna go back up. Wait, did I get rid of Tui or Frizzell? I can't remember. You guys talking about oh, okay, guys, guys, some good news with our with our league. I've found a way we can sort of automate it, so it means we can include more people. Oh, okay, so if cool. anyone out there is listening and you want to play Super Rugby Mzanzi Fantasy League. Mm. Come hit, hit us up. Yeah. A Alex and Adam might actually leave the league in disgust. So. <laughs> no. I, I, I've got no choice. Like, I, I don't have that, that kind of personality. Ben. Adam might leave. I can't just walk away from something like that I've done bad. Like, if I'd won, I might have walked away. But, you know? Adam yeah, might, yeah. Adam but, like, might... I feel compelled to try. Like, this is why, this is why I can never go to a casino. Because I know that I'll never be able to like lose twenty bucks or something, and then be like, ah, oh well, like at least I paid twenty bucks for a night of fun. I'll be compelled to keep going back until I make my money back, and that's how you end up like a thousand rand in debt, you know. Yeah. So like that's basically what my my fantasy season is like, like twenty twenty. Yeah. Like I just keep trying to double down on bad results. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, if you want to join him, Zanzi, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Ben's got a whole salary league system that he cooked up out of nowhere. It's pretty cool. Yeah, busy with. I think the last kinks are busy being hashed out in the group now. Yeah, yeah. We so so we kind of experimented on um, uh, Super the New Zealand one, and then we now we've kind of you know because we got a prime for Super Rugby in Zanzi, which is going to be the greatest competition ever. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking. Yeah. Okay, and speaking of greatest competition ever, New Zealand have placed forward two proposals for the new version of Super Rugby. And the first one we discussed already, and that's the eight-team tournament. No, yeah, eight-team tournament, five New Zealanders, a specific a Pacific Islander team, and then obviously only two space. This is for Australia, which sees everyone. Wait, I just want to see if I've got this correct. Yeah, eight-team format. Each team face off home and away for 15-week regular season with semi-finals and a final, which is a total of 59 games. Or they can expand to a 10-team tournament for a 68-game season 
which sees where was the breakdown because they split that one up. Yeah, but it's no because it's every team plays each other twice apart from there's one team you only play once or something. No, it's like it weirder than a, that. It it's, seems like such a force. It's like so unnecessary. No, but it's like weird yeah. unnecessarily split. And then option three is option two turned upside down. So the teams you didn't play twice, you play twice yeah. now, but then the other ones you play once. And so it's essentially trying like to the, play. The whole play. thing, the whole thing screams like someone was told to come up with three scenarios and like they spent the whole week coming up with the first one. And then it was like five to five on Friday. Yeah. And they still had to come up with two scenarios. They just like picked one out of nothing and then turned it on to head. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's one it's of these things. Like, it's like when you when you like uh, like tendering for a piece of work, yeah. and you're like, "Fuck, we really don't want this." So you just price it to shit. Yeah, like yeah. you just like triple your prices, and then you're like, "Okay, cool." And then sometimes they're like, "Oh, okay, great. You you came in strong on this one. No, hey, you've got the work." You're like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at least you're going to make money off it, man. Yeah, no, but then at least you're kind of like, well, at least we're kind of, you know, getting value out of it. But, you know, it's always... Yeah, um, I feel like New Zealand are painting themselves into a corner here. Isn't even... Where's the, where's the TV viewers going to come from? Um, and I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem... It's all one and good saying, hey, we're going to do this. But strategically, it doesn't really seem to be the right thing unless Australia come to the party. Excuse me. Mm. Uh, which, which I mean, they're busy throwing their toys. And they've got their own political problems because they're so broke. Who's the Oka as a force? The billionaire? Twiggy. Yeah. Twiggy started. That, uh, yeah, they'd love him back in the fall. So, I don't know. Mm, this might all end in tears. I mean, New Zealand rugby's great, but mm. in terms no, of the TV rights and, and whatnot... I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm, I agree. I, I if they sort of thinking that, say, someone like Supersport is going to pay the same for this as they pay for Super Rugby, mm. they, you know, they're going to, because this is going to be priced like whatever Supersport pays for Mitra Ten, Mitra mm. Ten. Call again. I forgot. Mitra Ten. But that that like that's going to be a, that's going to be sort of its <laughs> pricing bracket, huh? Yeah. So um, okay. Couple of things. Like, so first of all, I think that they're still part of them. Is still hoping to be able to rope Japan in. I think that's what um, they're hoping with the ten-team format is to. Yeah. Pull so in I think Japanese. that's that, that's quite a big part of their. I don't know, sort of long-term plan. I think is being able to get the, the mm -hmm. Japanese market on board. I don't think it's going to happen. We discussed this last week, if I'm not mistaken, or the week before. Yeah. Where I like. Last I don't think, week. I think, Actually, listen. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, remember last week, so I'm glad you do. <laughs> but basically, yeah, just to <laughs> summarize, like I, I don't think that Japan values quality of rugby as much as, as New Zealand think they will. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen. But the other part of it, I think, is that honestly, I think they're just they're just trying to bluff Australia out of it. They're, yeah. they're both they're both bluffing, right? They both got shit hands, and they're both bluffing. That's what it comes down to. I, I, I talked about this on Twitter the other day. I don't know if I brought it up on the on the podcast, but basically neither of them are in a good position, and neither is South Africa. Just to be clear, so all three Southern Hemisphere unions are pretty much fucked at this point. But because Aotearoa has been such a local success, which you know, considering it was the only rugby being played in the world at that point, is kind of inevitable. And obviously, combined with the Australian media's penchant for blowing smoke up their own asses and pretending like everything is great when it clearly isn't. They're both acting like they've got a much better hand than they really do. 
So, you know, I, I think part of New Zealand know that they don't have like the financial, um, you know, sustainability to their model. And that's why they want Japan. But the other part of it is that they just like, even if they accept that, they don't want the others to know. So um, I think that's why they are playing this hardball because they're prepared to settle for like, a, you know, two, two, two territorial teams from the key Australian like rugby heartlands, which I presume would be, I don't know, like Sydney and Queensland. Um, and then try to play off the whole, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Origin, the state of origin thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but like, you know, they're forgetting the fact that obviously the bulk of the market's probably coming from um, Perth anyway, from Western Force in terms of numbers. And I think Queensland, Queensland's pretty big. Like, I think no matter how this goes, mm. Queensland's going to be represented, I think. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just, it's. I don't think it's going to end well. Like, I, no matter what happens, I don't think it's going to end well. And in a really weird way, if South Africa gets out of it and like manages to find its feet in the pro 14 or whatever it ends up looking like we actually might be better off than they are like i still think i still think the the, the optimum solution so talking from like a game theory point of view it's like a little bit of a three-way prisoner's dilemma mm. and i still think like the, the best outcome for everyone is actually if we stick together and find a way to make super rugby work yeah um but if we do each end up going our, our individual ways I think South Africa might be best off at the end of the day, mostly because well, they are. Yeah, so I'd excited. rather be us right now. Well, I think because we've been like so excluded from the whole negotiation in the first place, we're actually getting the first bite at the alternative, whereas they are both you know, so caught up in their, you know, potential, like best case scenario outcomes for themselves, which look very different for each of them. Neither of which are likely of actually being achieved. By the time they realize that, we'll have already sort of soaked up whatever was left in the northern market, and there probably won't be as much appetite for absorbing southern hemisphere teams anymore. Mm. Yeah, but 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 re- realistically, the way with like time zones and traveling and stuff, they they would really struggle to fit in anywhere in the north, yeah. well, apart from Japan, if which the, like the U.S. would be a weird one because they could, but they'd play like on different days. I mean, but the US, they'd be back in the same boat they were in with us, which is like really bad travel schedule, like completely misaligned. Because now it's not just um, like it's not just traveling across horizontally. Like you got to take into account different seasons because you're going yeah. north south, oh, which is the same problem we're going to have to have, obviously. Yeah. But um, you know, the north, at least going to France, uh, you know, the UK or whatever, you're guaranteed that you're going to have like a rugby centric sporting calendar because there's a critical mass of people with the u.s like everything's going to be guided by like when can they find space between nfl nhl mlb and uh, nba to actually get anywhere near enough eyeballs on the sport on the screen on the field for it to be worthwhile and like that's a complexity that i don't think is going to suit itself to new zealand or australia so i don't think i don't think america is anywhere near mature enough as a market to be joined up with either of the the traditional no well, i mean yeah i mean they've still got two teams in their league named after fake cocktails yeah actually no, i no, think no, la's no. name's gonna get dropped 
my my sort of logic is if if New Zealand kind of keeps it kind of keeps Australia out of it, let Australia throw their toys and they refuse to be part of it at all. They do their own thing. New Zealand does their own thing. How is this any different from Mitra Mitra Ten now? Well, like it's, yeah. it's just a slightly more competitive version. Yeah, so it'll be a reduced number of teams in New Zealand. So the teams will be of a higher standard, hopefully. You know, well, this is kind of like what, what like Super Rugby and Zanzi. Yeah. It's essentially going to be Curry Cup. It's essentially going to become... Uh, With Mita, the Springboks. Yeah. yeah, it's going to yeah. become Mita 10 Cup uh, Premier Division, essentially. Yeah. Oh, so something yeah. that will be interesting, though, is the the rugby championship which New Zealand is now offered, the single venue rugby championship. Yeah. Because if if that works, that might set a bit of a precedent for a single venue kind of Super Rugby's Super Rugby mm. tournament, which could actually maybe that is well, maybe that's the future. I think. We'll yeah, see. it's difficult. I mean, with that many teams, though, right? Because... I think we'll see a single venue like. Uh, thingy um tournament like champions league style where like top eight from northern hemisphere sure. southern hemisphere and that if if you say okay you split super you, ha- you have 16 teams and you split it so you say there's super rugby a division super rugby b division then each of those is a single venue tournament whatever mm. each team plays each other twice you know two months of fixtures no buys whatever and then you have some sort of playoff system between the the winners of the bottom and the losers of the top. I mean, isn't that just isn't that just like basically working itself towards a solution where you have the Curry Cup, the Mitre Ten Cup, and the NRC taking place, and then the top two or three from each of them yeah. competing in like a Champions League equivalent? Yeah, it is something they said they are open to a Champions. League. Yeah, which I think is most probably. Uh, I like that as an idea because yeah. it it creates. Like you do that on not necessarily an annual cycle, like a two-year cycle, so that there is some sort of stability with the teams that are included in it, because that's always the the big sort of holdout from everyone is that that team it's too it's too unstable. Teams never know if they're actually going to get that revenue or not, and I think you can build a bit on that for, if you have like a two-year cycle on that. Did, mm. So sorry, I'm just thinking of weird crossovers. But did we talk about the Saracens versus Stormers game? No, not at all. No. I remember. No, we didn't. Did. No. Yeah. Uh, how this all ends? Uh, New Zealand and Australia will come to an agreement. Four teams from Australia, five from New Zealand, one from uh, the Pacific or Pacifica. <laughs> That's like Spanish. My bad. Um, and the Melbourne Rebels would be the team that gets cut. That's my prediction now. They they have very little footprint. No, but uh, in Victoria, why not the Rebels? Because Australia, because COVID. Australia currently has four teams. So you saying the force will make it or not the Rebels? Yeah. Yeah. I I think force has more money right now. But the Rebels. Yeah, twig, twiggies. Both, both, both unions have been childish, uh, and you're 100% right. If they go their own ways, they're screwing themselves over. They have to go in together. I think they both know it. They just don't want to say it. It's but like quiz, two people yeah. fighting. No one doesn't yeah. want to doesn't want to apologize first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. But like, so the the question though is like, will that solve their problem? Um, will they get an Will they get uh, enough eyeballs? Because because uh, because think about it. Like the the Pacific team. I think. I mean, it's amazing. Like we all want to watch the Fijian Trua against you know Australian New Zealand teams. Like that's long been a a dream of the community. 
but in terms of financial income it doesn't bring a, a big um, it doesn't bring like a big well-paying audience right that's kind of always been the the reasoning why they haven't done it before i mean unless, unless i'm wrong about that in which case they're just assholes for ha- having never done it before but my understanding is that there's a problem with you know the the income that you would get from having that pacific based team it might be it might that might be uh, false right but let's just operate on the assumption because that's the logic that they've kind of given in the past like are they solving their financial sustainability problem just by keeping it local i mean we've we've seen what the numbers were like pre covid for derbies not just in australia but also in new zealand and south africa so it's it's been a problem are they solving the problem just by kicking out South African teams and adding a team from the Pacific? Well, I don't think so. The thing is, they're, they're not increasing their revenue, but they are decreasing their costs, presumably. Sure. But in but the long run, they, yeah, well, what's the it just feels like they're buying themselves a little bit more time, but not necessarily solving the problem. That's what, that's how I feel. I don't know if that's accurate. but Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Time Yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, that one's covered. And then, oh, there is that one Phil just posted that I want to mention, seeing as it does tie in, that it's pretty much been confirmed that Fiji and Japan are to join the Six Nations in a mini tournament to replace the November tests. So no Sanzar tournaments. Georgia doesn't get to play against France. And Uruguay doesn't get get to play against Italy and Tonga we're supposed to have a game in at Twickenham as well as around that time and doesn't get to play mm. pretty swag the six nations just love to fuck over Georgia like, like, <laughs> they've got a huge effort just to really be next to Georgia that always seems to be the case yeah, like it's, more because it's weird, like, so, it, I mean, it's a massive benefit for, oh, actually, no, never mind, because Japan's not technically tier one. I was going to say it's a massive benefit for two tier two nations, <laughs> but it's not. It's only one tier two, tier two uh, nation, which is Fiji, which is arguably more tier one than Japan should be, and to the sac- detriment of three tier two nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just classic situations. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, like, uh, it's not like South Africa does too much for the tier two nations either. No, no. Um, and like, I really feel like if we if we are doing this um, in end of year uh, rugby championship in in New Zealand, right? Um, I feel like we should invite Namibia, Kenya, Zimbabwe, for example, to come to a, a like a locally hosted tier two like um rugby championship equivalent against like a, a box b team basically so the guys who don't make the the squad for the box to go to new zealand can stay in south africa and then we host it here the way that new zealand's hosting the rugby championship assuming that we can i mean i know that our COVID situation is very very different to theirs but i mean if we're talking about return to play for our tier, uh, for rugby uh, super rugby in zanzi in august presumably we can invite you know, other teams to come and participate by December or like November, whenever it's happening. I don't know it's an option, but like basically, this is all just to say that, you know, South Africa also doesn't have a very good track record of including two nations, and like 
this is an option an opportunity for us to do something about it and something that we should try and do more regularly going forward uh, we had a test against Georgia set up for nowish mm. well that's because everyone everyone turned us down for the, the mid-year tour <laughs> yeah because they were just like why would we go to SA what is I mean what are you guys even good for and then we won a World Cup <laughs> yeah oh, we yeah, it's, it's a bit. You think winning the World Cup would give us a bit more bargaining power, but, but apparently wasn't it wasn't. That tw- those tournaments were all sort of settled before we won the World Cup, weren't they? Yeah, those tours. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's why we got well, left with Scotland that no one else wanted. Yeah, I was super jazzed to go to Georgia, watch Georgia in PE. I mean, fuck, it would have been so great. Matt, that's like your dream. I mean, seriously, Ben, of all the internationals the box could play, box against Georgia in PE. Would it be cool? Uh, yeah. I would be keen for that. I would have done a road trip for that. I would definitely have done a road trip for that one in a heartbeat. Then you could have played, I would walk 1,000 miles or 500 miles all the way there. Yeah. Or at least halfway and... there. <laughs> you got to play it all the way back as well. Yeah, true. Okay, I think, yeah, that sort of covers the news. And I think it's a pretty decent time to go into uh, what we want to do for the meat and potatoes of this is actually a bit of a comparison discussion between, because I think it's been quite hotly discussed on Twitter especially, comparison between Rugby Australian Union and Mm. Super Rugby Aotearoa. Yeah. So I, I've actually seen quite a few people um, sort of almost complaining on, on Twitter about, you know, why, like, why should we actually compare, you know, like, what's the value of comparing things? Like, why why do a comparison? Um, but seeing as we're talking about stats, I can't tell you that 100 of the, 100% of those people were from Australia. Um, <laughs> Please don't complain about our shit thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like the, the best part is that like a week earlier when because it was quite a good game between like the Western Force and um, oh God who was last week uh, last like week two weeks was... ago now it was quite a good game it was like Force versus Reds or something yeah and it was like a bit of a ding dong battle it was the one that I was saying wasn't that good because of the uh, what I saw was pretty bad defense but um, at that point everyone all the Australians all over Twitter being like oh we're just as good as Aotearoa yeah like you know we can entertain I hope I hope everyone in New Zealand's watching this you know and then a week later (laughs) I don't really see why the two two leagues should be compared you know they're so different anyway ours isn't even proper rugby union we've made up this new thing that's like rugby union but it's not yeah (laughs) can we can we agree that uh, 50-22 rule makes the game more boring uh, look, I, I, I actually, um, you know, like I, I don't mind having um, uninformed opinions about stuff, but this is actually something that I want to, I want to hold off on because I feel like I need to see it Done over it. like a longer period and maybe even at like a higher level. I'm not advocating for that, but like, I just, I think that there's so much, there's so much about rugby that I feel like Australian teams make boring or seem worse than it really is. And I think South African teams do that too. Like I think we are South African teams are really bad at like set piece um, attack moves. Not yeah. not always, but like and not, not the Springboks, by the way. But like you know our Super Rugby teams, like we just we just waste first phase ball. I think too often. So I'm, I'm just to be like I'm not trying to hate on Australians specifically. Like a lot of the criticism I have for Australian teams, I have for South African teams as well. But my point on this is just that like I don't 
it might just be that the Australians are ruining ruining it for me, and it isn't actually that bad of a thing by itself. Yeah, I think. If seeing, that makes sense. I'm curious to see how the northern, if the northern hemisphere uses it, how they'll play with it. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, so what you teed me up for, Matt, is we we sort of we didn't want to engage in too much. You know, he said, she said around which competition's better or more exciting. Um, and you know we don't necessarily want to even have that debate in the first place. So rather, what we decided to do was try and sit down with some of the statistics that we've got um, and just do a bit of analysis and let the numbers sort of speak for themselves. Obviously, like you know, there's always going to be room for interpretation on these things, and um, I'm not going to try to pretend like we're unbiased. Um, like I, I, I don't look for reasons to dislike Australian rugby. I think I should make that clear. But I do have a bit of a like a predisposition like my my starting point is usually going to be that the australian rugby is worse and i again just to be perfectly balanced i put south african teams on approximately that level too like i fully recognize that a south african derby is going to be just as boring as an australian derby i cannot wait for bull sharks because i think that's (laughs) going to be a slobber knocker well yeah well they're they're talking about chucking bloody griquas and pumas and stuff and so Oh, fuck, oh, we didn't really actually mention that, actually. Sorry, that's in all the excitement. We forgot to mention that Super Rugby Mzanti mm-hmm. has been floated around and as a home and away curry cup, expanded curry cup, with all the spring box. But nothing official. Yeah, yet, I, so nothing official a bit yet. unfair on Pumas if we just get to rope in our spring box. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, but let's get back to the numbers. So, all right, so what did we do? We took a number of stat items... And we took the total number um, that have happened across all the games. So there have been 14 games of Aotearoa so far, eight games of AU, Rugby, a, uh, rugby AU. Um, and we just compared stat for stat. So I'm just going to take you guys through the full stats list, and then we can break down a few of them. So Aotearoa, over 14 games, scored 679 points um, at 48 points per game. Rugby, Super Rugby AU, 350 total points, 43.75 points per game. So not a huge difference there. Oh, by the way, if anyone's listening and, and feels like this is a knockoff of something that Two Cents Rugby did a few weeks ago, you're absolutely right. That's where I got the idea. He's a legend. Go look up his videos on YouTube. Um, okay, tries per game. Uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, 5.5 tries per game. Super Rugby AU, 5.1 tries per game. So again, like not a huge difference, like maybe about ten percent, ten percent more tries per game in Aotearoa than AU, but not significant. Try assists per game. So this is where it got interesting, Ben, because you pointed out, or you were surprised to see that not every try had a try assist, right? Um, and like we don't come up with these stats by ourselves; these are the official Sansar stats. So I don't know exactly what they consider to be a try assist, but I'm guessing like. You know, something like a, an interception try or a solo effort or, you know, stuff like that. You're not going to get a try assist getting awarded to anyone. So try assists kind of are a reflection of team play, I think. Or like, you know, um, phase, like phase play tries would get it, would see a try I, assist. I, I would say a more a more exciting try would have a try assist. Would you? Would yeah. You so like, yeah. A, a, like, a, like a try from a rolling mall, there's no try assist. For example, you mean you'd have to give seven, yeah, but like you don't, right? Yeah, so there's no tries, but like at the same time, being like an interception try, like uh, Byron Ralston, 
a couple of weeks oh. ago for the Western Force. He had like an 80 meter interception try. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, but it like does, it it's, not, it's not indicative of anything more than just that you know you you stole the ball and ran quickly enough to score a try. Like it, it's not reflective of good rugby necessarily. Do you, do you know what I think the most exciting try in rugby is? It's a, like a prop interception. Yeah, because there's you you've got enough time to be like, will they catch him? You know, in fact, like the I think the perfect you don't you, you don't get that many like prop interceptions who do end up going all the way, right? But something like Radiki Samu's try for the mm. for the Wallabies um, when he handed off Adam Thompson, like. That was like because there was so much time between when he intercepted the ball and when he actually scored the try, and it was eventful because people were trying to tackle him, people were trying yeah. to catch him. You know, if it's an interception and like it's a Roscoe Speckman and he's just gone. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Uh, actually, if a wing catches an intercept, it's it's generally boring. pretty poor because basically, if you give a wing a ten meter head start, no matter how fast the other wing is, he's not going to catch him. Well, unless it's a pure Dianti and he's being chased by Apolle Lefasi because that happened. Yeah, well, Remember maybe that? that's because he, he wasn't on steroids that day. Or something. <laughs> he forgot his steroids. An, an alleged, <laughs> alleged steroid substance. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, the steroids which he tested positive for. No, no. So technically, so he. Oh, did, did we did we talk about the we we forgot to talk about the Jacques Burger chili boy beef? Oh, uh, uh, I was going to say chili boy. We're all over the place with Yeah, sorry. Oh, this God, classic Matt, classic Matt, Matt hurting. <laughs> I should never have. I should never have come here. But yeah, Chili Boy is innocent guys. Part of the presses. That's according to Chili Boy. So yeah. Well, no, that's according to SA Rugby Mag quoting Chili Boy. Yeah, SA Rugby um, Mag. <laughs> all right, let me let me get yeah. back to the stats before yeah, we let's go. Let's do the stats. Let's do the stats. Feed you off. <laughs> so all right. Our so, against games. That's all. So <laughs> sorry, I'll, I'll try and get through this a bit more quickly. So, um, we our interpretation is that if you have a try assist, it's reflective of more team play. Um, so interestingly, of there are four four try assists per game in Aotearoa, and only three for AU. So that's quite a big difference. Um, so the the percentage of tries that are assisted in Aotearoa are seventy five percent. So th- for every four for every four tries that are scored in Aotearoa, three of them had someone setting it up. Whereas in AU, it's only sixty percent. So that's quite a big difference. Um, and I don't know exactly what that's reflective of, but it's it's just an interesting point to note. Um, line breaks per game. There are 18 and a half line breaks every game in Aotearoa, only just under 16 in AU. So there's quite a, there's about, you know, about three more line breaks per game in Aotearoa. Not a huge difference, but it's about 20% more on AU. So yeah, make of that what you will. And that, again, like maybe that's bad, defense um, in Aotearoa that they can't tackle or maybe they're just better at, at breaking tackles well presumably or, we, have, yeah, we have broken tackles as a yeah. well so here we go so we've got mi- do we, we don't broken tackles we've got missed tackles but we, we do have broken tackles sorry we do have broken tackles but I don't have it in front of me but we've got okay. missed tack- we've got missed tackles per game and here it's kind of corresponds to the line breaks because you actually see more missed tackles in Aotearoa there's 45 missed tackles each game and in rugby, you only 41. So it's only three, three missed tackles difference. Not a huge difference. Oh, three or four. Now, turnovers conceded is quite interesting because this is basically errors. So it's like a knock-on as a turnover conceded, but it's also um, it's also forced. Yeah, 
like so this includes like if you get turned over on the ground or if you're just knocking on in the air kind of thing so there's 24 in Aotearoa and 28 in AU so yeah about one sixth more in AU um, errors but the then in terms of turnovers one per game they're almost identical it's like 11 and a half per game so that means that the ratio of turnovers won to turnovers conceded is higher in a in, in Aotearoa. it's 0.5 almost on the dot and 0.42 in au so sorry i know this is a bit of a like a data dump but basically a higher percentage of the turnovers in Aotearoa are being forced by a defender meaning they're being pilfered Whereas much more of the errors being of the of the turnovers in AU are just errors, like you drop the ball cold kind of thing. Um, and then the final ones I've got are um, kicks per game. There's only 57 kicks in a in an Aotearoa game compared to 60, 61 in, in in AU. Not a huge difference, but a little bit increased. Yeah, I, I would say I would think that would be a lot higher because of 50-22. Yeah, but I, I mean that's the thing. Like, maybe it's not even having that much of an impact. Yeah. And then um, finally, the penalties conceded per game. We got 21.8 penalties per game in Aotearoa and 23 in AU. A lot of people made noise in the first couple of rounds of Aotearoa about the penalties, the penalty count, but it's it's died down a lot since then, maybe because the refs just haven't been calling it. Um, and we're seeing about two more penalties per game in AU. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think let's get too deep into it because we have a lot, lot else just, to talk just, about. Just my general kind of view, it's... not Nothing's huge, hey? We're not seeing any massive, like, oh, wow, like, whatever, Australia's way better at this or New Zealand's way better than this. Mm-hmm. But in almost every category, New Zealand beats Australia, if you want. Yeah. So I mean uh, I, I will say I mean I do think that the only the only one that stands out for me is the the ratio of tries that are assisted. Yeah, yeah there, well, there's that, like there's almost like fifteen percentage points difference between the yeah, two. Well, teams. I think that's because the Brumbies score like most of their tries from running walls, and they score most. <laughs> of I was also I, I was gonna say there's no like Israel Folau cutting defenses apart, etc. There's a lot of the Australian players is watching them. Uh, there's not as much X factor in the game at the moment. They're all samey samey. While well, New Zealand, I mean, you got the cre- they got Leicester fine and like, God damn it, they got Leicester. I'll just put it out there. <laughs> they have him on the bench and he's and he's uh, and he's, he's X factor, but he can't get in the field. But you got Will Jordan, Severis, um, Aaron Smith. I said he played like a god last week. They got a lot of players who are game breakers. In Australia, it's like they got to work a lot harder. There's no one who'll bust through like a, a Lamapi. At center. Yeah, and I um, guess so, guys like Karevi have left now. Yeah, so teams have to work that much harder to score tries. So, 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 so just just let me make my point anyway. before we go to this, that every so say New Zealand beats Australia by like five percent in every stat, so no individual stat really looks significant. But when you look at it as a whole study that adds up to a whole lot of it adds up to a very different product to what australia are offering yeah. so yeah that that sort of yeah, was yeah. my was my point that's yeah. fair to accumulate gains um yeah, yeah look i mean i yeah. think it's it's you both i think you both make, make pretty good points and like again like this is the danger of of numbers like this right i mean stats you can read almost whatever you want into them and like i said at the beginning we are do, def, definitely coming at it from a bit of a you know, an anti-Australian perspective, perhaps, but I'm not trying to kind of push that 
um, too hard. Because like I said, you know, the line breaks per game, you see more line breaks in, in Aotearo, but you also see more missed tackles. So, like, you could cut it both ways. Is it that their defense is worse or, like, they're less interested in defense? Or is it that their attack is, is more creative? Um, it's hard well, to say. But there's also... So there's a missed tackle and there's a missed tackle because there's sure. you know you know one where you just line up the guy perfectly and you fall off or there's one where you know you get sort of there's a great little switch or something and you end up having to just sort of dive at the guy's legs while he's running away from you. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. and like that's also yeah. the problem with this data is that it isn't qualitative, mm-hmm. so we can't really read into that kind of like the, that level of uh, analysis. But it's interesting. I mean, it, it is as you say, Ben. Like the fact that there's like so so consistently this extra level um, to these stats in Aotearoa over AU. And we've got a critical mass of games to look at now with eight games from AU. Um, yeah, it just seems... It's just interesting. I, I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I might, post, I might post these on Twitter and, and see what, what other people can come up with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of it does come to... I mean, I mean the, it's also difficult because... If there is a qualitative difference between the leagues, then it's on both sides of the ball, right? Yeah. And you're not going to see, like, you know, even if they, even if there was a lot more, if there, if there were more players like Karevi in the Australian league, the problem with Karevi is that there was only one of him. So when he was running at Australian defences, it was like this massive mismatch. Whereas now, like, they're much, they're much more evenly matched because he was just so much better than everyone else. Lamapi, oh. great, you know, Lamapi makes a lot of run meters and carries or whatever, but He's also faced up against, you know, all black centers every week. He's up against Rico. He's up against um, Goodhue and Enor. And, you know, even guys like Rob Thompson, who have been around the block quite a lot. Oh. Like, you don't get the same kind of mismatches that you might see in Australian rugby, where, like, their conveyor belt is kind of broken at the moment. Like, we've seen so many new faces coming through Super Rugby AU. And, I mean, it's a good thing in one way, but it's also, it creates, like, a big disparity. Yeah, like, but, but also, they, they're not, like, you know, guys like I, I haven't seen any guys where I'm like, "Whoa, I'm excited to get this guy in draft next year." Like, oh, this this guy seems like a prospect. They just all seem like kind of space fillers, to be honest. Well, no, I mean, there are a lot of those guys. I mean, like someone like um, like uh, Will Harrison. He's been really good for the for the Waratahs. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't think he's been as good as like the Australian media. Oh, sorry, um, I, I actually can't tell any Waratahs player, players apart anymore but, at the moment. Well, I mean, I think my favorite like Gus Bell. Type, my probably Hello, pretty yeah, much biggest takeaway from Gus Bell, Australian rugby. Gus Bell, who didn't play this weekend, you can tell him apart. Yeah, he's not then, on the field. And last week, <laughs> when they, the the Waratahs scrum finally looked good without him, because Tom Robinson was back. But um, you know, Harry Harry Wilson, probably the best Australian player in Super Rugby proper, and he's been like nowhere really in Super Rugby AU. Like he just hasn't turned up. He's been fine, but like he's regressed to like he's just a normal Australian loose forward at this point. Whereas in Super Rugby, you know, over January, February, March or so, I was like, geez, Harry Wilson can mix it with New Zealand and South African loose forwards for sure. You know, like get this guy a wannabe jersey already. Now I'm having second thoughts. I'm like, oof, like he's good, but maybe he needs another year or two to really like find that level again. So I don't know. Isaac Rotter. Isaac Rotter doing a lot of the hard work. Well, he's gone now, though, so... Yeah, I don't know, but you're, you're maybe, <laughs> yeah, you know, but maybe he he's now been forced to do a bit more of the grunt work because he doesn't have, you know, good good locks, mm-hmm. essentially. 
Uh, maybe like I think he's still carrying as much as he was during Super Rugby. He's just not carrying as effectively. That's yeah, kind of what I like from rucking over. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, I think I've I've taken up enough of everyone's time with my drivel on statistics, um, which might all don't, be meaningless. Don't you want to finish with full stat? Oh yeah, I yes. think we we've got one we've got one. Um, you know, if you're not if you're not a big numbers guy and you don't like you know listening to all the all the various criteria and all the different metrics, we've got one stat for you that might sum this up. This last weekend, Will Jordan ran 161 run meters, and the Waratahs, as a complete team of 23 people, managed 165 run meters. So the Waratahs, as an organization, could only run four meters more than Will Jordan, who's, what, 21 years old. Um, so <laughs> that that should give you some, <laughs> some idea of <laughs> some of the differences between the two leagues. Oh, fuck. I think, I think someone's going to get angry for the Waratahs, that yeah, that's bad, guys. Like that is bad. <laughs> yeah, no, what that's... are they doing? Like, because we were talking about it Should before we... the pod. Like, Let's if someone kicks onto you that at game. the back, you can just like walk like ten meters. <laughs> I don't know. Let's get Which into one? yeah. Let's get into that. Start discussing the games by starting there, by talking about the Tars game. Uh, okay. We'll start with the shit. Where Let's get that out the way. So Rebels okay. versus Waratahs. Rebels. I I didn't watch this game. I, I watched the first half, and I realized at halftime I couldn't remember anything that had happened. So I I, I just skipped the second half. It's like for instance amnesia. Yeah. I found it. it. Like the Rebels' backline on paper looks all right. Yeah. But they just don't do anything. Yeah. But the the problem is that they. They've got too many of the same kind of player, right? Yeah. Too many of those like sort of journeymen, like yeah, just you know, good old so and so, like you know, just he, you, you'll get you'll get eighty minutes of hard graft out of him, and he'll like sort of hold the fort for the for, like for the magic men around him. But then like you look around and there aren't any magic men. Well, yeah, Corbetti. Yeah, mm. okay. I, I don't think Corbetti's a magic man. Like I think he's a finisher. Like he's he's like my pimpy. Yeah. Um, like. I mean, uh, I need to put a little bit more respect to my pimpy's name than that, to be honest. But I just yeah, like I, gonna, I don't think I was going to come fight you. Yeah, sorry. There's enough like, time before the nine o'clock <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like, I, I my pimpy. No, look, he's, I understand. He's like the such difference. a great opportunist. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe I picked a bad mm-hmm. metaphor, but like, anyway, looking at the at the team sheet, you know, someone like Matt Tamura, like he's on X Factor fly half. He's like a solid, like you know, get gets the backline ticking over fly half, and then you need someone like with a little so, bit of spark in the midfield, and that's where they fall apart because Reese Hodge and Bill Meeks, Billy Meeks, is like the most mundane centre pairing you can possibly think of. Like they both just run straight; they don't do anything. Like they, they're just boring. Like you and I, I don't, I don't even think you necessarily need someone better. Like if oh. we're talking about like you know rugby, like rugby 08 score like you're rating for a player like i don't think you need to upgrade either of them to like a higher score you just need someone with a different skill set you know what i mean so what you're saying is they need to start tom english no he's he's the same <laughs> no i'm joking i'm joking completely <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm trying to think when when devet barry played for south africa who was the center part yeah that was worse 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's like, ah, oh, wait, what one-dimensional player was playing with our other one-dimensional player? Oh, remember how cock that was? Oh, it was painful. Oh, Mario should best score a hat-trick against the All Blacks. Okay. Mm, yeah. It wasn't that bad. Ed Barry's now got a commentary career. We, we all have to suffer. So, you know, that, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Give that keeps giving. Um... No, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's almost, it's a bit like the Bulls last season with, like, Berger Udendahl and Johnny Cotts. Like, he's just two of the same player. Like, it's not going to get you anywhere. Well, um, Jake, but... Jake, Jake White solved that problem by deciding <laughs> not to have said. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, no one can beat your centers if you don't have centers. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's my piece on the Rebels. I, I didn't really watch enough of this game to comment, so you guys can take it away if you want. Yeah, um, like the only, the only team playing worse than the Rebels that day was the Waratahs. Yeah. Like, they were just... Ain't that, ain't that always how it goes? I don't know, they just... they just... passive and... Useless. Like... Jesus, why are we even talking about this? You're actually yeah, can, just... can we can Let's we just move on. talk about? Can we? Uh, sorry, Waratahs Rebels. I'm tired of working. I have to work during these games. Yeah, Ben, Christ, Ben, Ben. Do you know what's a better team than the Waratahs? Brumbies. Adam Salary Cap team. Guys, is there anything positive we can take out of this out of this game before we move on? There's uh-huh. got to be something good we can say about someone. Well, because of this game, the Rebels managed to get six players into the Australian Team of the Week. Fair enough. That That's that's as positive as we're going to get. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, How do we want to go? Do you want to just finish off Australia quickly? Yeah, just finish the Australian games, please. Yeah. So the other one, um, I think this was the clean sweep we all expected. Uh, Force got drilled or drummed by the drumbies. <laughs> You risk, you risk that sentence. Oh, wait, no, wait, there's drummings. <laughs> Trumpies. Like mid sentence, there's, there, there's an insight to my mind. Mid sentence, I was like, oh, wait, there's a pun there. Let me hit that. Actually, um, I mean, I, I feel like the Force have been playing some pretty good rugby so far. Yeah, I think um, they scored and I, against the history. Well, I think I no, got no, the. No, but but, but I, I think this game was like. You know the when the gladiator with the with the short sword comes up against the guy with the net and the trident, like uh, it was that sort of thing. Just the wrong matchup. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, I like. I, I definitely think like the the force haven't been playing like they've been playing pretty rugby. They've been playing very good rugby, and like that was kind of the point I was making the other day about their defense being like a little all over the place. Um, but I like I still thought that they would kind of put up a little bit more of a fight than this. Um, I think I got the margin right on Super Brew actually, uh, but I didn't think that it was going to be like a nil. I didn't think it was going to get whitewashed. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, like Brumby's coming back from their buy as well. Yeah. I think. Maybe I've got the fixtures wrong. I think the yeah, um, this one was Brumby's on a buy. Let me make sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, no. I don't know. I still feel like. Um, uh, Rebels were almost, on the buy. You know, you know what I reckon? I reckon, I reckon the Force need to switch. They need to swap Marcel Brachy to the Rebels. So the Force need, yeah, Force give Brachy to the Rebels, and then the Rebels can flip a coin to give one of their shitty centers to the Force. Because I think they need a guy like him. Just someone who will kind just of throw the ball around a bit. Do the most center thing that's necessary. 
Well, yeah, no, but the the force could like they just need some sort of stability. Like there's yeah. too many like players trying to do too many different things. Too many what was it? The, too many, too many ballers, ballers, not enough ballers. Yeah, ballers. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Real thing, guys. I'll allow it. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I... can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I'm so bored. Oh, you guys are boring me. It's like, oh, like you're talking about the Australian game. Like, you know, you accidentally hit an animal when you're out in the desert in in, uh, in in the United States. You just drag it around the back and shoot it. That's almost like how you guys spoke about this Australian rugby right now. You so, know, it's just some so, obligation to put something out of its misery. So, so Adam, I mean, Alex, all those stats you hmm. showed and all those stats you discussed, I think the most important one, our enthusiasm to talk about Australian yeah, That's the qualitative data right there. You would like, not vote for Australian rugby. You're not an enthusiastic supporter. Yeah. No, <laughs> not, not at all. Not in the slightest. Um, okay, should we do chronological mm. or safe best for last? Sure. Like, I got. I got to go soon. So. Which uh, game like, would you like I'll, us I'll... to discuss, Adam? Well, it seems like I'm the only one who actually watched the Blues game live. I mean, I watched yeah. both of them. Um, yeah. So. This, um, is, this is the first week where I haven't gotten up at five thirty to watch that the Sunday game, and the reason no, is uh, our, our our son has finally learned how to sleep more or less through the night. Oh, nice. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't already awake at five thirty basically. Um, no, we should we should do the Crusaders first. Uh, I'll just make a quick comment about the Blues is that um, Chiefs probably should have won it, won it, but bottled it. But anyway, uh, Crusaders, um, great game. Jack Goodhue was Jack Goodmare. He he made three of eight tackles. He was very poor. And uh, where's Hurston? What a move, eh? Dropping from Vague, bringing Hurston, bam, two tries. And Severis and Richie Moanga play like that, and they still lose. So, uh, great game. That's all I can say. It was good viewing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was waiting for someone else to go because I feel no, like no. I've spoken. I was going to say, I just watched the highlights again for this this afternoon, and the highlights actually made me tired. Like, it was so frantic and just at such a pace the whole time and trying to keep up with this particular okay. game like it actually took effort and like concentration to actually keep up with the highlights in this game yeah oh it's hectic um i was just trying to think who's excellent uh umaga jensen umaga uh, jensen he, he was jeez he's fantastic that's also rest in peace apart well, from umaga uh, and jensen's was probably Malaka. gonna miss next week because he got he's good well he's, they're, uh, on, they're on fire this week anyway so yeah, he's got a week to next recover week, yeah. most of the most yeah. concussions seem to be two weeks off now oh okay oh yeah well that, that, that's fortunate but um yeah i'm just trying to think how the hurricanes won this i mean they took the chances well every I time i went on there they scored points and, yeah, I, think, um, I think having geordie's boot helped them a shitload because he could take chances about 10 meters back than most guys couldn't or wouldn't. Yeah. And uh, the, yeah, the Crusaders weren't as accurate as they had been. There's the odd knock on here, the odd pass didn't stick. Their set piece, actually, there you go. Cody Toto is a bit shaky at line-out time. That's normally he... such a big strike mm. for them. I mean, that's been the case, though. Like, yeah, I think I was they, say, this, Cody... was just, this was finally the week that it, that it actually mattered, though. 
Mm. Have a look here. Miss tackles. Kane's 34. Sadie's 21. Offload. Sadie's 20. Kane's 3. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think... Um... Like, the only one that the Canes beat, like, on stats-wise, the only one Canes beat Crusaders are turnovers. One, five to the Saders. Ah, one, five to the Canes, one to the Saders. And tackles. Well, it depends. Canes made 165 tackles versus the Saders, 130. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, like, I, I I didn't really watch it with that kind of an analytical eye. I was just too busy enjoying it. Yeah, the no, but that's the thing. I'm experience. now scrolling through, like, the scrolling, scrolling, scrolling yeah. through the, <laughs> the stats. Like, yeah. see. Like I said, like, my eye just was constantly, like, just looking at the motion on the screen when I was rewatching yeah. the highlights today. Like, I mean, let's talk about that Bridges' ridiculous try where he chipped it off. <laughs> where Severu made but- that. Made that like clean. Was it Mohanga that popped up, or was it Hall that popped up the ball for? Hall. It was Hall. They fed yeah. Sevu that break, and then he just threw it. beast. Yeah, and he just floated a stupid pass to Bridge, and Bridge I think was the luckiest man on earth to get a foot to it, let alone managing to dive onto it afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe that's part of the problem, right? Like maybe the the. Uh... Crusaders are so used to being able to win these things like with kind of just sheer fucking luck. Not luck, but like audacity. Like yeah. they, they dare to do what no other team would even think of trying. And they're just so naturally gifted that they get away with it so often that they don't they don't do what other teams do to win. Which is kind of like put their heads down, graft, 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 and then like you know, th- like when was the last time actually no, let me not say something stupid like that. But you know, you know what I mean? Like they They've kind of forgotten, like the then, like the how nuggety, feels to like lose how to win. how to win ugly. Yeah, you know? to be know, that, to that's push. pretty stupid because like, they have had some tight wins over the last couple of years. Like I'm thinking particularly of um, like with Machant had to fill in for Moanga. but I mean that's the thing. Like because if you, if you, if I think back on the game, my highlights of the game are like Richie Moanga just being like fucking insane. Yeah, um, like Richie Moanga probably had the best individual performance that we've seen out of anyone in super rugby out so far i think so too. um and and yet you know it wasn't enough for them to win the game so like if they're getting all those sort of flashy things right like that and like george bridges try and severis just going off and will jordan outrunning the waratahs like how do they still lose and that's because like the real stats that go into a tight victory are the ones that are like you know hit racks tackles made you know, set piece stuff like we, you mentioned the lineouts. Um, like if they couldn't even retain their own ball at the lineouts, normally you'd say, "Well, how the fuck are you ever going to win a game like that?" But because it's the Crusaders, we brush that off and think, oh, "You know, they'll find a way to win." And they almost did. Like in a way, if you think, if you just, if you just yeah, showed yeah, someone, yeah, if you just showed someone the stats, like you didn't tell them which teams it was, like we're playing, they might almost be like, "Fuck, this team did well to even be that close." But I mean, didn't, I mean, Muanga missed that. The on like seventy, would have drawn them, seven, would have drawn them level, yeah. yeah. And, that, and we would have had our first out arrow, oh, a golden point. Would, I would have loved a bit of golden point in that, in that game. Golden oh, point, that would oh, have Jesus. Been, Crusaders yeah. would have won. Crusaders yeah, Crusaders would have, would would have won it at that point. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, in a way, I'm glad they didn't because the Hurricanes deserved to win. Yeah. 
Um, it's also what was it? That's what was it? Thirty-six games at home or something stupid? Uh, yeah, that was that was the thirty-sixth. So that was they the won thirty-five. Yeah, they won thirty-five in a row. You, you know, you know, Adam's laws of stats. Every time something happens, it's more likely to not happen. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying they're they're never gonna win again, or like they're never no, gonna lose well, again? Well. Because something's happened a lot, it's more likely to not happen. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So as makes sense. Uh, yeah. I'll argue with that. I know. I know. When I'm driving on the road and I see a car coming around a corner, I think, well, there's no way another car's gonna come around that corner. I might as well go down it. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah, like, 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 and and, and like, Alex, like, Alex, every like, car that hasn't hit you, was... the next car to come past you is more likely to crash into you. Yeah, that's why I always pull over once in, like every after every few hundred meters, I pull over just in case. Yeah, I said I that like, once. I feel like okay. the next car's about to hit that me at that point. <laughs> and in terms of the stats, if you're referring to fantasy, it's just you get in such a hole, you got to go go risky, and it just gets worse. Okay, oh, not, so yeah. we're, we're, no when you were saying an Australian team had a beaten a New Zealand team in like 45 games, and you're like, well, every game this. There's more chance the Australian team will win, and be like, no, that's, that's not, not how that works. works. <laughs> <laughs> but because you said it once, it's more, more likely that you'll say it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I gotta go. I, I I have to go now. So can I just quick, quick, give a quick synopsis of the Blues game very yeah, quickly? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, it wasn't bad. Rico probably had his best game uh, in a while. Bowden was pretty good in the front foot, um, but they brought on a Terry Black. They didn't lose out too much, so I'm not quite sure. Maybe Alex, I shouldn't have tuned you. You're right. Bowden's just meh. Uh, yeah, he's, so he's just kind of like really hasn't hit his straps. Do, do you think? Oh, uh, do you think Japan even want him anymore? They'll take yes, him. they'll take yes, him. Yes, uh, Paddy T was good. Overtungo Fassi was excellent, actually. Um, and the Chiefs. Yeah, they're just missing a bit of an edge, hey? Uh, I thought they looked a little bit better when Aaron Cruden came on, second half. He's definitely better than Cam Trask. And I felt quite bad for Alomar. He scored a very good try. Um, like Anton Leonard-Brown, he's, he's working his ass off. He's just not getting any space, unfortunately. And uh, just trying to think. Do you think yeah. Do you think, um, do you think that, that final penalty that lost in the game was justified? <sighs> do you think that was a penalty? Jesus, oh, that is a play, yes. I don't, I was surprised that um, Gus Peter didn't make, make the line, but he looked a bit short, and it, it seemed fair enough. I'm not a fan of that referee for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the more, the, like he makes guys reset and just how he goes about it. I'm just, I have to think it's Brandon Pickerel. I'm not his biggest fan, but he, he was all right. I don't think it was a try. Um, but the Chiefs were stupid. They should have shifted it wide. They were missing a, they were missing Harry Plummer, who got a yellow. So I don't know why they are trying to bash it up. They had the whole back line out there. Yeah, so... I don't understand why they didn't scrum. Yeah, mm. that's what I wanted to say. Oh, uh, their scrum had been under pressure quite yeah, a lot they, throughout the game. But they just they wanted the guaranteed possession. Yeah, literally the Blues were matching him in the scrum. Carl, Carl Tunukawafi really they, did they, they, The Blues were, I would say the Blues had ascendancy, but it wasn't like... England, Should South you, Africa, you've got to back yourself to win on your own ball. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have. Eh? I thought the tap is a reasonable option, but I just, uh, they, I don't know. They're just bashing it up a bit much. They, they weren't smart about it. They should have given it to the back line where they had the extra man, personally speaking. 
Okay. Well, because... Well, that's a the, No, fair enough. Um, but, I mean, the the big question I think people asking after the game was with was whether Josh Goodhue's... Because um, he, he had the pull for... He was the yes. one who got the turnover in the in the ruck. I and whether he... So, okay, so you thought the pull for was fine? Yeah. Okay. I don't think he's... Scored a try, so because I think that was, who was complaining but, about it. No, sure, but that, that's a different question though, because the question of whether he got the pilfer was whether he'd released the player and whether he yeah, was yeah. supporting his own weight. So I, uh, I think okay. everyone, everyone could see that like Sokula didn't have the ball on the line, but the question was whether that should have just been like held up, scrummed to the Blues, uh, so, so scrummed to the Chiefs, or if he was you know not releasing to Josh Goodhue and therefore penalty to the Blues. Those are the two calls. So that, yeah, that, that, fairness, that was that was I, I can't that I can't. Uh, in fairness, I didn't watch it that closely. Okay, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Seemed alright, but I don't think it was a try. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, I, uh, I, I, I'm inclined to think that the ref got it wrong. Like, I, I do think that it. Like, the second time I watched it, it definitely looked like like you never released him. Yeah. And then like went straight onto the ball, so it probably should have been a, at like at at worst uh, scrum to the Chiefs. At, at best, probably a penalty to the Chiefs for penalty for try. him yeah. slowing the ball down. Uh, Ooh, I gotta go. Big call, penalty Before try. So, penalty try, Ben. That's a hell of a card to put on the tarful. Yeah, Ben. Well done. <laughs> well done, Ben. Um, yeah. Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Ben, do you have anything else you want to add to this? Um, no, like, but just generally, like. The the improvement in mentality the Blues have had this this year has been phenomenal. Yeah. Because mm. like like it sounds a bit weird, but it's almost like before they did last three or four years they didn't really play to win. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I mean, I think I think they were in previous years they were just fifteen talented guys playing rugby. Yeah, and this year they kind of feel for the first time in a while like an actual team. Do you think lockdown and they um, all spent like just introspectively looking in on themselves and it just no, but it wasn't even lockdown. It was, it was before lockdown was though. That was the thing. Like... Yeah, oh I, I think it's just Leon, Leon McDonald. I mean, I think you know, much love for Tana, the the Simone Snoop Dogg, but he's <laughs> not a like he, I don't think he's got the makings of like a full-on head coach for a Super Rugby team. Just, yeah. um, and I, it's, it sounds like he knows that as well, which is why he kind of voluntarily stepped away from the whole, the whole thing. Um, but I think Leon McDonald's like done a much better job of like just gearing guys into like a mean, lean you know, fighting machine. And I think you know part of it is is not being afraid to do things like dropping Akira. And I mean, we were all you know from a fantasy perspective like, oh, what the fuck, this bullshit, you know, blah, blah blah. But I mean, like you'd have to be like a, a complete idiot to not look back on the season that Hoskins Satutis had and acknowledge that there was a fucking genius move from Leon McDonald to back like a relatively unknown 21-year-old or however old he is yeah, over well, Akira Oni, who's... Yeah, um, still walk, yeah, well, at this point, I mean, he's still pretty young, but like, he's one of like the only kind of recognizable names in in like the back, let's say the back five of the scrum. It's like him and two Pilotti. You know, no one really cares too much about uh, poor old Papali'i or Blake Gibson uh, or Tony Lamborn. Um, so, you know, to to drop your kind of biggest name player um, at that stage is, is pretty ballsy. 
Um, but you know, he did it, and like that's maybe a big part of why they are like having this success. Um, because they got a coach who's you know yeah, just giving them tough love. The big call, yeah. yeah well, maybe they... Akira's come back. In terms of fantasy, I wouldn't say he's better, but as a player, he's definitely more well-rounded now. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's also the role he's playing, like the fact that he, you know, he has to concede a lot of what he used to do to Hoskins Tutu, who's better at it than he is at the moment, at least, and then find other ways to keep himself busy and involved in the game, I think has been to his benefit, um, because it's unlocked different parts of him that he maybe wasn't you know, tapping into before, but he's, he's certainly got the frame for it. I mean, he's, he's built like a perfect blindside flank, you know? Yeah. But he insists on wanting to play like a like an eighth man, which is he's obviously very good at as well. But, yeah. So I think it's been, it's been, it's been a good year for the Blues. Like it's been really I'm telling good. you, um, Audi Akira Satutu would be a fucking mean all black. Yeah. Like I'm glad they have it. I'm glad they've made Sam Kane captain, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, they talked themselves out of that one. Yeah, thank God. Do you, do you, sorry, I was actually thinking of this. Do you think it was a bit premature to make Sam Kane like announce yeah. it and everything? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the media's actually called them out on that. I saw it in the newspaper somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think if we would have done anything differently. I mean, I. I feel like we—it's quite common to name captains for your national team. Yeah, significantly. You know, in the down in the down season after like the previous captains retired, yeah. because you need to have like some kind of continuity of, I don't know, just like squad management. Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure they do stuff in the off season that you know. Yeah, yeah probably for like media stuff and. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I mean, surely like it, the more sensible thing to do would have would be to have like a leadership group. Yeah. So you. You know, you have like three or four guys that are like senior members of the squad. So, you know, for us, it would be like, you know, Khaleesi, Etzebeth, um, maybe like Kitsov. Someone in the backline, a backline player just for. Yeah, like um, We don't really have that many like experience. Yeah, it would probably be Pollard. Pollard. Yeah, Pollard. And you just say like, you know, these these are the four core leaders in the squad. Um, And anytime we can have like a, you know, camp training camp or whatever like these are the four guys who are going to be kind of team leaders rather than being like you know this guy's the captain and then you yeah. end up having to kind of walk back on it, when it, it, like it is a, because i was thinking because I, I like tui pilotu to me he's he stepped up massively yeah and i was like fuck like as well like i would be a, a really good statement if they made him all black captain i would say mm-hmm. but or, then i was like or, oh, what? or Adi. Yeah, Adi's also done Adi, a lot this season. Adi would be a great captain, like for for the All Blacks. Like he's quite outspoken, but not in like an aggressive way, um, and like he leads from the front. Like I think Adi would actually be a pretty handy captain. Well, the, but this is what I'm saying. But by yeah, by sort of like they've kind of, well, they've kind of taken the choice out their own hands by announcing Sam. Well, so he's probably going to be injured because he's quite injury prone. But... Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not. Maybe they knew, maybe they knew what they were doing. <laughs> I think Dan Coles yeah. is currently injured at the moment, so Sam Kane will be fit. I don't think those two can play at the same time. Well, remember what, what that fool was saying with his white lock quiz, that, that only all four white locks only played for the Crusaders once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they kind of didn't really overlap all that much, like all four of them. Because, um, yeah. like, what's his name? George. Pretty quickly. George. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's, that's uh, how that happens. I think that's. Oh, it. we talk about the fact that Julian Sevier's back? Should we mention that now? Yeah, Julian Sevier <laughs> got called up. It's been a very haphazard oh, episode. I, I, I'm sorry. This, this is like this is like Miller Scud or Card or whatever. There's no uh, way they're gonna get him fighting fit. In, I, I don't know. Cause, cause, well, they have to because La is Ben Lamb. Oh yeah, La Mappe is out for this. Ben Lamb. And Ben Lamb, yeah. So I mean, like either they, I mean, I, I still like. But what about we, what about Celisi Rayasi? Yeah, I think we all want to see Celisi Rayasi though, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I know Ben does. He, I'm telling you guys, he's the next Everest. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But he, yeah, I don't know. But like, um, I think I it's reckon... a bit swack if if he does come in and like immediately leapfrog. I think we'll see him on the like... bench if we do see him for the next last two games. We'll see him on the bench. Oh. I really don't need the admin of trying to add Julian Sevilla to all our to all the Excel sheets for the league and stuff. That's gonna be irritating. <laughs> well, I think you get yourself into. Yeah. I've got to pay the troll toll here. Yeah. yeah. You want to get into the boys' hole? You want to call it? Shall we call it? Hi. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's yeah. it's been a pretty good episode. Hour fifteen. Um, I think about. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's lots, lots to chat about. I, I just, yeah, I really hope that, um, I really hope that Super Rugby Mzanzi can can live up to. Okay, a lot guys, of ha, have we named it Super Rugby Mzanzi, yes. or is that yes, what is, we so we, we've, we've named we it? That. That. We've named and it. We that. And, and we're pushing this narrative. Huh? Yeah, it is now Super Rugby Mzanzi, even if they hand out the Curry Cup at the end, it'll still be as part of Super Rugby Mzanzi. They'll just yeah, use an old. They'll, they'll just use sport. an old trophy that they had lying around from a previous tournament. Uh, yeah. I, think, just I, think it, I think it was. I think it was Ant said it first. Yeah, I think Ant. Someone said it in a group, and I was. Like, Ant or Andrew, I think. So just give credit oh, to uh, them. I, I, I just thought that. But I'm sure I googled it today, and it came up with something. Really? Oh. That might be my tweets. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna. Google. Super Rugby Zanzi. Zanzi for sure. Well, if it's Super Rugby Mzanzi, Mzanzi Super League, Mzanzi's Rugby, Super Rugby. Yeah, yeah. So it's, the, so it's the, already taken. In Kimberley and uh, now spread, the comment was like to hear music a Super Rugby Mzanzi of sorts. Uh-huh. Well, Super Rugby not... Mzanzi. We're not oh, splitting the finders view with Zanzi's rugby. Yeah, so it's coming up. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think we can look forward to that. And yeah, and as Ben said, he's working hard on getting an automated system that more people can join if they like. Yeah. 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 And then so we're gonna can... start that takeover. Tafel's gonna sponsor it. Yeah. And yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be great. We all got to quit our jobs and become fantasy rugby moguls. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Good episode. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers. everyone, for listening. Bye. Adam, sorry, Ben. These two room. Fuck it all. <laughs>